Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today is May 24th, 2019, Memorial Day weekend. Can't believe we made it this far. Uh, it's going to be a great episode today. I have a great guest who's going to join me in a second. It is Rachel Gerhart, Reality Rachel, and we are going to talk reality TV. We've got plenty to talk about with The Bachelorette now two weeks in. There was a very controversial Survivor finale uh, a couple weeks ago. No, that was actually just last week. Uh, the challenge just wrapped up, one of Rachel's favorites. <laughs> and The Amazing Race is in full swing right now, and it has been a great season so far. So very excited to talk all about these things. And at this time, I'm going to welcome in my guest, Rachel. How you doing? Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me back on. It's great to be here again. Happy yes. Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> and it's time to go. Challenge just wrapped up this week. Survivor just wrapped up. Bachelorette's like, Bachelorette's going. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. And it's hard to believe it's been four <laughs> months since the last time we recorded together. I know. And honestly, we didn't even get to talk the Bachelor finale. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And that was crazy. So much has happened since then. But I'm just I no happy to be back. no longer have a thyroid gland. You no longer have a thyroid gland. And hey, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling great. It's been, it's been a slow recovery. And I think sometimes people look at me. And when you have an autoimmune disease, it's really easy to... For people to look at you on the outside and think you look all right. But... The doctors have been telling me, take it slow, take it slow. But I'm happy to say right now, about three months into my recovery, I'm exercising regularly, just did a 12 mile bike ride a couple days ago and starting to do a little work here, you know, some dog walking back to podcasting. Things are great. Wow. Young Lance on the bike. <laughs> I love it. You know what? People always say you're supposed to remove the negative energy from your life and then you'll see positive change and your negative energy was literally just a thyroid gland. So I'm glad you're yeah. doing good, man. Yeah. God has been very good to me. It's been a great recovery and great time to spend with God. So it's been good. I bet you've watched a lot of TV too. I have lots <laughs> of sports, lots of reality TV, and we'll get into that. But first I want to ask you, I know you, you and I have many of the same tastes in television when it comes to these reality shows. We do. We also have similar comedic tastes. Do you know where I'm going with this? I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> so Adam Sandler hosted Saturday Night Live. It was about two, almost three weeks ago. Did you catch the whole episode? I caught the whole episode and I was covered in chills the entire time. Literally, I loved it. There was not a single bit that I did not like. I thought Sandler crushed it. He paid tribute where tribute was due. The cast was stacked. Chris Rock back. They gave credit to all the old skits and the classic Sandlers. And, oh, it just felt like old school SNL again. Because I'm, you know, new SNL. That's just a conversation for another day. But <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just so great. It was fantastic. I love the Sandler family reunion. The Romano Tours bit was hilarious. That's one of the funniest things I've seen 
Um, I thought this was the best episode of the season. Now, granted, I'm not watching SNL every week because I just don't trust it anymore. Right. I basically watch it when I hear, oh, Adam Sandler, or I hear good things about an episode. Um, so then I go back and watch it. The Leave Schreiber episode earlier in the season, another example of that. But this was great. And my mom was like, is there any way they can just pay him a ton of money and make him a cast member again? Get him to come back. Oh, the song where he was singing the intro about how he got fired and everyone's yeah. singing about how they got fired. Yeah. And the highlight of it all was the closeout with the Farley tribute. I will yes. never forget growing up as a kid one year. I think I was in sixth grade. My dad for Christmas um, was given the Chris Farley, like the best of Chris Farley SNL Ooh. DVD, basically. It's like two hours long of just Chris Farley's best bits. So I've always just grown up on Chris Farley, knowing him as, you know, the best comedic to live. And when he died, it was like that kind of comedian has never been present since, you know, like there will never be another Chris Farley. And I almost like got emotional watching it. I was just covered in chills and you could tell like with the video on in the background and uh, it was so heartwarming and so emotional. And I just R.I.P. Chris Farley. I miss him. I miss him very much. That's like one of the it's so weird. That's a celebrity death that happened when I was, what, two years old. Yeah. And it's still like so I couldn't remember it. Right. But it's always just bothered me. And. We don't need to go down that road of how sad it was, mm -hmm. but um, I did read an interesting book that maybe you would be interested in. It's called Live from New York, and it's the history of Saturday Night Live. It's really long. Like I wow. listened, to, it was like a twenty-nine hour audio book, but they go into a lot of detail about how his idols were. John John Belushi was his idol. He wanted mm -hmm. to be exactly like John Belushi. So you said there won't be another guy like him it's interesting there was someone like him before him however like they've tried to get the same type of guy like Horatio Sands but he's just not Chris Farley he's not Belushi I agree it's like you, you, there's only so many like huge overweight guys who are making like <laughs> fat jokes about themselves all the time like we get it, but there's nobody that did it like Farley. Even Farley's idol. I don't know, man. I don't think anybody did it like Farley. That guy would put his body on the line, yeah. crashing through tables, crashing through walls. Tommy <laughs> boy. Just, oh my goodness. Yeah, he was hilarious. I love him. So um, there was one line in that song that if I wasn't crying before, that really got me crying. And uh, I'm going to tell you that line. And if you remember anything, specific from that song you can share mm -hmm. um to me it was the line where adam sandler says you're a legend like you wanted but i still wish you were here with me and we'd be getting on a plane to go shoot grown-ups three that oh one my crushed God. me why uh, are you a big grown-ups guy no 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 it was just like this parallel universe where if chris farley hadn't died he'd be in all those movies that's what right. he'd be doing right now and that was like oh man what could have been i'm not grown i'm not like a huge grown-ups fan it just like <laughs> i like the idea the thought of what their life would be like and oh, how yeah. they'd still be hanging out and doing stuff together yeah i agree i agree completely so many missed chances really or missed opportunities just because he wasn't around the film industry lacks 
quality comedy now, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I still like Adam Sandler. I think, look, he's not, everyone loves his 90s movies. Those are the best. Uh Happy Gilmore might be my favorite movie of all time. The Wedding Singer, Billy Madison, Waterboy. But Waterboy is my <laughs> Waterboy literally is one of my favorite movies of all time. Melissa Villasenor's impression of Bobby Boucher was so on the money. It was oh so good. Oh my gosh. I laughed so hard. She was hysterical. I mean, they all were. They were all so on point. Yeah. And then the Opera Man bit was really fun too i'm not a big fan of weekend update these days i think it's a little too harsh politically but Mm -hmm. i thought like the sandler political jokes were really much more mild than some of the mean political stuff they do these days because he went after both sides and it was just fun it was goofy and it was silly it wasn't like some sort of propaganda that they were pushing and i i thought i really enjoyed that i thought that was fun i i mean i feel the same i really hate how like Weekend Update is mainly about politics now. What I appreciate about it is, like, Colin Jost and Michael Che are, like, every single Saturday night when they when they go on air for that bit, somebody, like, loses it, like, gets out of character and kind of pulls, like, an old school, like, when Jimmy Fallon would, you know, kind of <laughs> lose it and break character and start laughing. Like, the two of them do that. Like, they can't keep a straight face. Yeah, they're always co- trying to make each other laugh. And something about Colin Jost's face makes me laugh so hard like when he starts cracking up or when he's trying to like hold back a laugh or something it literally makes me laugh so hard so i just i could turn the i could turn the sound off and just watch the two of them (laughs) make each other laugh without listening to what they have to say and i'd be much more content yeah and i'll also um just to be clear i think colin jose is a really great comedy writer he has been the lead writer for a while and he some of his jokes are just brilliant. They're really, really good. Um, I'm just, like you said, not into the whole political thing that they're going for right now. Um, it, hey, it might be producing ratings, so good for them. Um, mm-hmm. But the, I guess what the last thing I was just going to say was that I thought it was really cool that Adam Sandler had these big moments on SNL because I think he's a guy who's gotten a little too much criticism recently where there have been so many people that have just been like, Adam Sandler's over the hill. He's not funny. But like the shelf oh, life. Yeah? For, you haven't heard that? <laughs> no, I just completely disagree with it. Put a guitar in the guy's hand and let him freestyle <laughs> a song and tell me you're not going to laugh at any yeah. point in time. The other thing is that a shelf life for a comedian typically is only like, what, five to eight years at most in terms of when they're Will Ferrell had a huge run in the mm-hmm. mid 2000s with all those movies, but Will Ferrell's not making great movies right now. I mean, yeah, in the same boat. It's like, that's what happens with life. Like you grow older and then the older you get, you start falling into more, <laughs> you know, different serious roles and not so funny roles. And that's just what happens. It's like people are saying Sandler is washed up now, but like Pete Davidson is on <laughs> SNL right now. And that, that is like their comedy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right, let's see where that guy is in five years. In five, let alone 24. Come on. Him coming out and doing I Was Fired was hilarious, though. I like it when he does his self-deprecating humor like that. Oh, yeah. I was fired. I was fired. It was so good. But, yeah, basically just like Sandler, 
Look, I think any comedian you could you could really go after, but for whatever reason, I think Sandler's gotten a lot of heat from people. I don't really I don't really get it because he's a good family man. He's a good guy. He's a loyal friend to all of his friends. He gets all of his friends from SNL and movies. Um, Rob Schneider, David Spade, uh, Chris Rock. You know, they're, yeah. they're in, yeah, and he, he hooks them up. He keeps giving them work. Not to say that they would not be getting any work, but right. yeah, he's a good guy. He's likable. And I do think he's produced some stuff that's been pretty funny lately. Like um, that week of movie with Chris Rock on Netflix. Did you see that? I have not. It's a movie where Adam Sandler's daughter is marrying Chris Rock's son, and it's just like the week of the wedding, and it, it's fun. Uh, it's funny. Huh? No, I'll have to check it out. I haven't watched it yet, but people give all of the old OGs crap. People yeah. give all of them a hard time, especially Spade. Like, I love David Spade. <laughs> I think he's hysterical. Joe yeah. Dirt is also one of my like favorite movies ever. <laughs> And people are just all over Spade. Any chance that they can get. It's like because these guys aren't getting into trouble and cheating on their wives and having these crazy scandals about their life. All people can say about them is they're washed up. It's like, yeah, all right, good exactly. one, dude. Get something better. Get something. Yeah. Oh, you can't because these guys are great role models. I agree. That's a that's a great point. Let's transition into the Bachelorette now because that's right. probably what a lot of people came here for. What do you think so far of this season? We're two weeks in. We'll, I think we'll probably spend most of our time in terms of talking about The Bachelorette, talking specifically about that first night, because the first yeah. night is always an introduction. It's always fun. What are your thoughts so far? So I need to get this out there that I was not happy that Hannah B was The Bachelorette. She... I could, I, I kind of despised her. She just, I thought in Colton's season, she did not make a good impression at all. I, I really, I don't know. Something about her just rubbed me the wrong way. So on the first episode, I was like, okay, <laughs> now she's kind of growing on me. I'm like, oh, good Ooh. to know you have a personality, Hannah. And, and you have a, actually a pretty decent group of guys here and you're not incredibly awkward and you're not, you know, getting walked all over anything like that. So she's growing on me. I'm still not crazy about her, but ask me again at the end of the season and we'll see. Well, so. that's interesting that you say that because I thought the la the one thing that was not lacking from Hannah B was personality. I think she's really? got a lot of personality. Yeah. I don't know. I just think she really was like had a huge wall up and she also I can't express it enough that first date was hard to watch like you <laughs> couldn't even make a toast all you have to do is say like hey cheers to you and me let's have a day boom and you couldn't even get those words out like I know that she was uncomfortable and nervous whatever but yeah I don't know her first impression on me wasn't that great so my outlook on her the rest of the season was eh go home Hannah <laughs> yeah we saw her at the after the final rose, and I was thinking of Lizzie McGuire the whole time when I was watching that. That's like my favorite show ever. So how did that make you think of Lizzie McGuire? Well, just like what her, you know, little awkward. You know, I was just picturing a little Hannah B animated oh. like version of herself talking about like what she's really thinking and like, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, why yeah. did I do this? Or why did I say that? Totally. And I, I like that. I think it's fun to have someone who isn't super polished because you could either have Hannah B who's just kind of goofy and a little awkward, 
Or you could have Ari, who's just really dull and boring. Right, I agree. I mean, I I completely agree with you. Hannah is growing on me, and I totally would rather have Hannah over Ari any day. But I don't know. This season, she's just gained a lot more confidence, you could tell. And just being on the other end of this weird bachelor life, you could tell she's just more herself than she was when she was competing against other women. But... I I only got to catch the first episode in bits and pieces. I caught the most oh, okay. important parts, of course. Um, Luke P is going to be a major conversation that we're going to need to have. <laughs> um, yes. Let's do it. Let's now? do it now. Okay, let's do it now. So, obviously, Luke P, she met um, during the final, like, the final episode of The Bachelor. Yeah, after, after the, the final, final rose. Basically. Yeah, and she met a handful of guys where she met Luke P there. So he comes out of the limo on top of it, like roaring like a lion. And might I say, he was number one for me at the beginning. I'm like, love this guy. He's going to win it. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, love him. Going to win it. Love the confidence. Handsome man. Great. And he did the beast thing on top of the car. Like, I thought it was cheesy, but I know that that's like her thing. So it was kind of cute. Um, but yeah, episode two, everything was going good. I was like, yes, Luke P, you're killing it. Yes, Luke P, you're killing it. And then it gets up to that one round in the competition where they were having their male (laughs) pageant, basically, where he told her on the second day that he was starting to fall in love with her. And for me, that just puts up like a million red flags and I would be running away like the Wiley e. Coyote in the cartoons as fast <laughs> as I could with that music. I'd be out. I would be out so fast. And she kind of liked it. She was into it. And he went and laid a kiss on her like that in front of all the guys. I mean, bold move, but he's no longer in my top five. So you, you didn't see all of episode two is what you said. I saw all of episode two. Like I saw that whole one, but I didn't see all of the intros. You didn't see all of the intros. So you didn't see Correct. all of episode one. Right. Oh, right. okay. Okay. I got I get what you're saying. Right. So episode one, like I I saw most of it. There was just a couple I probably missed like twenty minutes of it. And I was Team Luke P the whole episode. I was like, he's got it. He's great. Yeah. He's awesome. And now I'm I'm like, man, this guy needs to go. He's crazy. <laughs> you could kind of get a vibe that he just wants to say that kind of stuff to get ahead. So he is leading the race basically against the other guys. And I think it's going to come back and bite him in the butt. It does look like that. It's a really weird edit because if you want to look at tweets that did not age well, I tweeted during the premiere. I'm like, Luke P is getting a winner edit unlike one we've ever seen before. And hey, that could still ring true because we've never seen a winner go on to do the stuff that he's doing right now well at least i no haven't way. seen a winner because i haven't watched enough of this show but uh <laughs> he was so no way on luke p winning yeah right now early in the season no chance i think he's gonna make it like three more episodes okay i think he's gonna last longer than that we'll see we'll see we'll he could see. maybe end up like blake i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case Oh my God, Blake is like one of the best guys. I hate that you just put Luke and Blake in the same realm. He's more like a Chad. Oh, but he doesn't. He's not that aggressive. He doesn't seem like he wants to start fights not with yet. people. It's gonna happen. Is, yeah, it will. I think it's gonna happen. Is Chad gonna be on the I challenge? Think... What? Well, he was on um, what X on the beach. 
if Chad goes on the challenge, I would love it, but he's he complains too much. You know what I mean? I don't think he has the <laughs> no. mental. Cap- like, He'd be I don't on think for he has two episodes, to do it. and it'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay, so Luke P. I he was so prominent in that first episode. And then, yeah, it went downhill for him pretty quick. She seems to like it, but I don't know. I mean, like, you could say Nick seemed to like Corinne after two episodes. And, I mean, look, Corinne went out I loved run. Corinne. Yeah. <laughs> I loved her. But no one, we never took her as a serious contender. Oh, right. So he could be there for a long time. I just feel like he's going to be a guy who gets his heart broken really bad late in the season. That's that's what I'm reading into. <sighs> I don't know. Let's Corinne. I think Luke is. I don't. He. I don't know. I think I've got a, a pretty good feel for the last couple of seasons. I've called the winners, even last season <laughs> with the crazy, crazy Cassie issue. I still called that. Yeah, you did. I didn't no look at spoilers this season, by the way. Me either. Yeah. Well, I did last season, The Bachelor. Gosh, I hate <laughs> that you do that. Reality Steve out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've checked them before, but I still trust my gut. Reality so, Steve, Mr. Oh, I don't even like the show, but I just right. s- spoil all the seasons anyway. So let me before ask you. Before we transition, hold on. Let me let me okay. ask you something okay, okay. here. Before we transition yeah. into like giving our top like three or five yeah. that we like, yeah. we need to talk about, since Luke is kind of putting... Some devil horns on his head already. We also need to talk about the villain so far this season. Yeah. The most annoying contender I think I've ever seen. Do you think on he's the a contender though? Cam? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> this guy. He's too much. Honestly, like when you work in sales, you say ABC. It stands for always be closing. Right? Always True. be closing. So he keeps saying ABC, always be Cam. We get it, guy. Don't talk about yourself in the third person or make toasts <laughs> with your last name or show up on dates you weren't invited to. Like, that's not how the show works. Like, just because Colton broke the rules last season doesn't mean that the contenders can now break the rules and do whatever they want. And it's a free-for-all. Like, come on, guy. Respect the, <laughs> respect yeah. the rules here. He's just too much. He's 30 years old. Like, if my man was 30 years old and acting like that, he wouldn't be my man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that last part, but <laughs> he's a little like the. Um, I'm gonna drop a reference that you might miss, but uh, the Jimmy on in Seinfeld. There's a Seinfeld episode called the Jimmy. This guy who just refers to himself in third person. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not like a Seinfeld that. girl. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, Cam is not a very fun villain at the moment, um, and I do think it's interesting. You touched on it for a second there. Do you think that with the way the show has gone, the Bachelor franchise going from what Ari did and then what Colton did, is it just going to be that more and more men want to just try to break the rules any way they can? And do you think that production sees this as, ooh, this is pretty good. We can have something different here. Or do you think they're like, yeah, I, I I don't think production is too hard against it i think they love it are you kidding me they're feeding off of this colton's fence jump is like up for an emmy right now which is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous like i did not know that think about what 
Yeah, just think about what that's doing for the show and the ratings when this craziness happens. Like, I don't think that they're fueling it and saying, like, go do something crazy today. Go do something crazy today. But they're not hiding it by any means. Like, I think in the past, maybe if something that crazy would happen, they wouldn't want to show it or something. Or keep them in line more. But, yeah, I feel like they love the new change. Like, who knows? Maybe Hannah will do something crazy this season, too. She said on Ellen that she's ready to unleash the beast on some jabroni, which I thought was a great quote. I think it's going to be camera Luke. She already did in the premiere. Did you miss that part? No, I saw when she sent Scott home. Yeah, she was was going off. Yeah, he's from Chicago, too. (laughs) And your girl, Demi, she was great. Oh, my God. I love her. I think that she is a riot. She's going to be a big star in Paradise. I can't wait. I can't wait for Bachelor in Paradise. That's after this, right? It's the summer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, right around late, like, mid-August. to It's on for, like, what, four weeks? I hope Blake's on it. Oh, okay. I I don't... (laughs) I'm not, like, a... I'm not clamoring for Blake. I, I know he's a heartthrob with the ladies, so... um, But I don't find him super interesting on tv Aww. like i think yeah, someone not. i think someone like jason is more interesting but now he's with caitlin bristow oh exactly i love that couple love jason all right let's do let's do some picks so all right let me ask you before you and maybe this coincides with your predictions with you being a straight woman watching mm-hmm. this show yes do you <laughs> sometimes when i watch <laughs> the bachelor I'm like looking at all these women. I'm like, this is kind of like I'm shopping at Walmart or you yeah. know, <laughs> looking around, yeah, seeing what's up. out there. Totally. Um, what do you think of these guys? Which ones would you personally like the best? And do you think they're going to be successful on the show? Okay, so I'm going to give you my top five picks. And I think of my top five, I'm going to say at least two of them make it to the top five. Okay. Maybe even a winner here. Is one of them the pilot? No. Okay. Okay. No, not interested in the pilot. All right. So this contender just just came on my radar in the last episode, but I'm a big fan of Cowboy Jed. Oh, my goodness. Jed playing guitar, wearing the cowboy boots. I'm a big fan of it. And as awkward as the scene was when he walked in on Hannah and Luke getting all hot and bothered like he handled it well it was very awkward love jed yeah that um, was tyler's tyler c see the one uh, who was on the one-on-one this past week who's no 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 that was tyler g oh. he is also on my list we call him <laughs> tyler tebow he is a hunk oh <laughs> uh, so yeah tyler c and g both tyler's um connor s he's a sweet one pretty quiet and see then the one from dallas area I don't recall. I'd have to double check. Okay. Okay. But this last one, you're going to get a kick out of. Totally typical for me to pick a goof with the name Joe, who (laughs) (laughs) makes boxes or sells boxes, whatever he does with the boxes. I love him. I think he's awesome. But yes, Tyler C and G, he's gone already? I thought he didn't get past night one. Are you serious? The box, I'm the box king. The box king is gone already. Oh I, my god! I could be I wrong. Him. That hap- that is so typical. That happened to grocery store I Joe know. too. 
my guy's Joel. And look at grocery store Joel. Like he is he is literally like in his prime right now. He's doing better than ever. I really hope that the same thing happens to the box king. <laughs> I really oh, I am so crushed. I thought he was still in it. Yeah, it's like they really wanted to be like, let's just go find another gro- Joe the Grocer. And so they said, okay, blue collar type personality from Chicago, Chicago accent. He looks like him, Italian family. Yeah. And everyone, I who was not ready for the run of the Box King? Who didn't like I him? I know. Oh my goodness, I'm so upset. I thought he was still in it. That shows how attentive I am. <laughs> I could be wrong. Do you want to double check this for me? Or I could double check it. Okay. Let's see. Well, but, in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any men on your radar? <laughs> Not. <laughs> I wouldn't say it that As way. As a straight man. <laughs> As a straight man interested in women i mean come on everybody yes. you know what i mean here yeah you know i know what, what you mean. mean and also when i watch the, who's on your radar when i watch the bachelorette i think who are the guys that i want to hang out with and have you know hang out with oh yeah the box God. king he's out he didn't make it past night one so it's basically <gasps> oh my goodness he's, he's like it's like we're doing the same thing all over again i'm sure he was a big hit on twitter he's gonna be in paradise Maybe he'll make it on Dancing with the Stars. Who knows? But fingers crossed. Oh, maybe I can meet him. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely. In terms of characters, I was pulling for him. Let's see. I liked Luke P right out of the gate. Now I'm Me like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't right. know. I can tell you who I don't like. I really don't like <laughs> that one guy who looks like Nick Vile, who was at the after the final rose and made that really disgusting comment. I'm not going to repeat that on here, but if you don't, don't remember, remember, you can check out the YouTube clip. I'm not. <laughs> this is a PG okay. podcast, so I'm not going to go down that road. But he said something really gross, and yeah, and which one is he? Is he Grant? Who is this? Uh, Luke S. Luke S. I'm looking at these guys right now. And Chris Harrison was like, oh, my gosh, I thought that was Nick Vile for a second. And he's like, I really didn't want to go down that road again. <laughs> oh my god how about john paul jones <laughs> yeah that guy is marketing himself brilliantly oh yeah he is he's the biggest frat guy in the world <laughs> he definitely was a lacrosse player in high school like he luke s oh yeah i know who you're talking about now this luke s yeah um i think that pilot guy he seems like a contender i think his name's peter is i felt bad for the other pilot <laughs> why well it's just you know, because he didn't wear his uniform. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know it's... a lot of people really wanted to see um, Matt Donald. Did you see him? He was the guy who with the deaf parents. Yep. Yeah, he didn't make it past night one. Right. So you know, he works I, in med sales. There's no one really that has impressed me all that much, but um, that one guy that you like, the other Tyler that was just on the one-on-one. He's a Tyler guy. G. Yeah. I was like, I really was into the fact that he wanted to talk about deep stuff. I was like, that's a guy that I would like to be friends with and just talk about life, talk about faith, talk about oh, yeah. whatever. Like, I like, I really like people like that. And especially when they're in, an, in a situation like that where they're not afraid 
on the first time that they're spending an hour with them, like, hey, let's talk about some meaningful stuff. So he seems cool. Right. I don't really have anyone that has super jumped out to me yet. The Tylers. The Tylers are running it. <laughs> and Connor. He's a sweet boy. Connor, I think, is going to be around for a while. Me too. And Jed. You don't think Jed's going to be around for a while? He's such a cowboy. Yeah, and he, he, loves he is. It. He hasn't really done anything that stood out to me. I'm like, okay, he plays some music. He hasn't done anything all that interesting, personally. He- you know, when I watch this show and I, like, see all the guys standing up next to Hannah, I get really curious. I'm like, you know, I'm shopping at Walmart, whatever. <laughs> so I look up Hannah because she looks like she's about my size, right? I look up her height. She's five foot six. I'm like, what the heck? I'm five foot eight. And I'm looking at these guys. If I was on this show with this group of guys, like, I think I'd be towering over half of them. Like, <laughs> Jed, Jed has to be, like, five six, you know? Luke P, there's no way he's taller than five eight. Yeah, definitely. Like, if I was on the show, I think I would have to tell them, like, hey, I got some daddy long legs. You guys are going to have to get me some tall guys here. <laughs> so do you think Hannah is shopping at Walmart with this cast or is she shopping at Louis Vuitton or <laughs> what's the comparable store for the quality of these men? See, I think it's not more so of the store that she's shopping at. I think it's more so um, like the meat like she's shopping for meat. Like, is she shopping for like ground beef or is she shopping for like prime rib? You know what I mean? Like filet mignon or like, <laughs> or like sloppy Joe, you know? So I do think that there's a couple fillets in there, but I also think that there are some sloppy Joes in there, you know? You can share. Do you have a winner pick? Not yet. It's too yeah, soon. It is too soon. I will say. I will own the fact. Give me two more episodes. Yeah, two more I, episodes and I'll know. I picked Luke P in the first episode. Right. I, but, man. Anything can happen. Big <laughs> curveball here. I have no idea who's going to be the guy. And, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, yeah, it's just way too soon. We'll have to see. We're obviously going to have to do another podcast and we could follow up and see our feelings yeah. at that point. But, yeah, so far it's just way too early on. Like, we only get, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of screen time with each guy so we'll have to wait and see are you someone that ever looks at how it's edited in the sense of you're like paying attention to okay this guy's getting confessionals here so he must be important do you ever think about that i do i think about the production aspect all the time and i also think about it in the funny light where like they're shooting clips of them like you know holding hands and walking and kissing and all that great stuff and it's like God, there's just a camera like right in your face like it's just or the, the edits that you know where they put music behind and you know hannah's just like walking through a field looking around and she's you know speaking over and it's just so dramatic so dramatic but i do think the confessionals can kind of give you hints of who's sticking around who's going home yeah like for instance i'll give an example from last season Garrett was like, he was my winner pick the whole season. I didn't waver on that the whole time. I was pretty confident mm-hmm. in that. And that has nothing to do with the outside world stuff, which we won't talk about. However, what I will say is like, there were points where he'd get a confessional where he was not on the one-on-one or he was not on the group date and he would just, or he, maybe he was on the group date and there'd just be these random confessionals where he'd be like, I'm feeling really good about this. Even though I didn't get the one-on-one, I already had a one-on-one and 
This group date is going to be a good chance to hang out with her. Like, there's just a lot of Garrett. He was really prominent, and you could tell, like, the way that he's being edited, he's going to be a major figure. And mm-hmm. he's like, whereas Blake, they showed a lot of the side of him where he was really, really panicking. And I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I don't think that's going to end very well. So, right. Look, I've seen a lot of reality shows. I've watched a lot of them while I've been on the disabled list right now. Uh, so I'm 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 a vet with the with the editing. I agree completely. I I 100% agree with the examples that you gave, but on the contrary, like Cassie was a sleeper all last season. Yeah. But got barely like very limited camera time, but ended up winning it all. So I think it really just depends on the group of people that you have and this, the situations. Like if somebody's the front runner from the very beginning, like Garrett kind of was. Um, yeah, I think they do get more confessional time and screen time. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, let's talk about some of these other reality shows. So I'm going to toss you a fun little power rankings question. All so right. there are four shows that are really either just ended or in the middle of or just getting going we're we're not going to include big brother in this because that's not for another month we don't know who's going to be on it um four shows bachelorette survivor the challenge and the amazing race easy how would you power rank most interesting to least interesting Uh, (laughs) least interested you are in it to most interested (laughs) Well, I have not missed a season of the challenge for like the last 15 years. So (laughs) I am like, challenge is my favorite reality TV show. Challenge 100% most interesting. Number one, number two, I'm going to go bachelor, bachelorette series. Number three, we're going to go survivor. And I've never dabbled with the amazing race. So you're going to have to fill me in. Maybe you could change my mind and move it up the list. We'll see. Amazing race is at the bottom for me because it's it's never been marketed interesting enough to reel me in. So I can't I can't even put it up there as close to being most interesting. How about you? I was in a similar spot with the race. Like I watched uh, maybe one or two seasons a very, very long time ago, like 15 years ago when it was new. Um, mm-hmm. And then my mom and my sister have pretty much watched almost every season. So I've seen some episodes here or there. Never got like super, was never super interested. But at the same time, I didn't start watching other reality shows until a few years ago. It was always just Survivor for me. Mm-hmm. I'll give you my power ranking. So I would say number, uh, I'll start at the bottom. I'll say number four and number three, which are actually pretty close together. I'd say number four, the challenge, number three, survivor. (gasps) (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out the challenge. I I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, um, down the stretch. I'm not really into the drama, the fights, um, the drinking, that kind of stuff, but (laughs) the physical challenges and i think the end of the season it can be really exciting it definitely was exciting here three survivor which has been my favorite reality show at least the show i've been exposed to the most for the longest amount of time i've seen every single 30 all of the 38 seasons um was not super excited haven't been super excited about the show recently number two i'd say the bachelorette and number one, I'd say The Amazing Race. Wow. Wow. Very, very different picks here. Yes. Yes. I like it. 
it's fun. Yeah, we're going to have, yeah, it's great conversation to have. We're coming from two different sides. Your number one is number four for me and my number one (laughs) is number four for you. So let's go head to head. All right. All right. So you want me to give you the pitch on the amazing race, at least this season. Give me the pitch. All right. So, and this is a pitch to all the listeners. If you like some of these reality shows, and we're also going to have to explain what the challenge is to a lot of people because that one I'll take is on that MTV. One over, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. So, here's the thing with The Amazing Race it's a show where you are teamed up with another person and you race around the world, complete various challenges along the way. You have to get on a lot of flights and a lot of various forms of transportation. What's really cool about this season and what got me really interested in watching, they're marketing it as a reality clash. I don't necessarily know if that's the correct term, but something of that nature. And what they did is they took five teams that are returning from The Amazing Race. They've been on the show before. It's an all-star teams. There are three teams from Big Brother, which is one of your favorite shows. Mm Mm-hmm. And three teams from Survivor. And I thought, this is pretty cool. They have a good cast. They got some really interesting people on here. And what I'm most drawn to with reality TV, I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't watch a whole lot of scripted TV. I don't watch dramas. And that's that's because I have a short attention span. That has nothing to do. I'm sure those shows are great. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't watch a ton of tv like i don't binge shows i just watch an episode or two and then i get up and i want to do something else so comedies and reality shows what i like about them is they're just so laid back and they make me laugh and they're just silly and they're fun there are other things to like about them but what i think this this season has the amazing race has is a lot of great characters um I know you are a big fan of Rupert from Survivor. Oh, my favorite Survivor <laughs> contender of all time. I want Rupert to be president. <laughs> he also lives close to you. He's from Indy. Woo! We need to meet up sometime. <laughs> he ran for governor in the state of Indiana um, like about eight years ago or nine years ago. <laughs> and that's when I was like in my peak Rupert like obsession <laughs> i loved him so much oh okay so he's on you're already yeah. selling me a little bit i remember you okay. telling me about this pitch yes and i might i mean i i'll probably check it out just so we could talk about it and just you know genuine yeah. curiosity but all right keep going yeah okay well i'll tell you a little bit about the big brother teams um i i don't think you're a big fan of rachel riley's sister Alyssa. no um, I don't know what your thoughts are on Rachel, but I like her a lot. I like Rachel. I do not like Alyssa. <laughs> well, they're a really fun team because Rachel's actually been on the show with Brendan twice on The Amazing Race. Wow. So now she's racing with Alyssa. And they're a really fun pair because they're so different from each other. Where Rachel is so like, she can panic a little bit and Alyssa is much more chill. Yes. So that's a fun little duo. And then the other two big brother teams, you've got Janelle and Brittany from a while ago. Are you familiar with them? Yep. And then you've got Victor and Nicole from just a couple seasons ago. Oh, my God. Victor is like the most controversial human, but I <laughs> I do like him. He's a fierce competitor. They seem very sweet and very nice to each other. Yes. 
So then the other the survivor teams you would not be familiar with. However, they've got some good the other ones, they do have some good characters. It's a great season. And the one thing that I think is really cool about the Amazing Race that I just started to notice recently, and it's the fact that when you watch a show like Survivor or The Challenge or Big Brother, it's reality show, but it's confined to just a limited space where people are living in a house, people living on an island. What's really cool about The Amazing Race is it exists in the real world. Right. Like These are people running through the streets of Japan. These are people having to perform karaoke in Vietnam, sing a Vietnamese karaoke song. <laughs> and it's just, it's really cool. I think it's fun. Yeah, I agree. I do think that aspect of it is a lot more interesting because it presents different challenges. You know, when you're faced in the Big Brother house or the Challenge house where you're kind of confined there, that could do a lot on your mental health. And then being, you know, having to run around the world and doing things, you know, you've never done and having language barriers and that frustration presents itself. That can make you go crazy, too. So it's interesting to look at it that way. How would you and I do as an Amazing Race team? <laughs> I am very, very, very confident in myself, probably already overly confident. So, like, when I'm presented with a task, I'm going to complete it one way or another. So, I don't know, Jack. I know I'm going to be doing well. I don't know if I've ever seen you in, like, peak performance. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I've been, like, sick the whole time I've known you. Right, exactly. So, it's like, are you, are, are we going to be good? I think we do well. I think we would do very well because we would be, I mean, look, I'm conditioning myself well now. I'm biking a lot, um, which is important because we'd have to do a lot of running. And I grew up playing lots and lots of sports, baseball being my main one. And you were a D1 soccer player. So we'd have the athleticism. I feel like you'd get mad at me at some point. I do have a short fuse. (laughs) I do have a short fuse. You know, I mean, I limited can, sleep and yes. get stuck in traffic or just the frustration with the whole thing. Yeah. You, like you're very calm and collected. So maybe, you know, I maybe maybe it'd go well together. I don't know. But I have a short fuse and I'm extremely competitive. So I'm assuming that there would be some arguments along the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, it would be a fun time nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. One in a lifetime. So before we go on to these other shows, I got with that question, I got another fun little game that we can play here. So on The Amazing Race, they have these challenges and they're called roadblocks. And this is one segment of each leg. So in each leg, they always have a roadblock and it's a task that only one person can do. And they have to each do a certain number. So it's like you can't have the same person do all the tasks. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about the first floor first four roadblocks that they've done and you're going to help me decide which one of us would do each task okay okay all right so the first one singing which i mentioned before seeing a vietnamese karaoke song in a karaoke bar (laughs) shoot i feel like when i'm at the karaoke bars on the weekend i'm sure i'm sure it sounds like i'm singing in vietnamese anyways so (laughs) (laughs) i i mean i could take the i could do that one it depends i mean you got good vocals uh, well, it doesn't matter how well you sing it. You just need to pronounce the words correctly. Oh, yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, there's one where they had to go up like a, like a, it was kind of inflatable, not quite an obstacle course, but it was like an incline where they had to climb up and it was sort of greased. 
Um, it was like it was a replica of Mount Everest, I think. Huh. But it was just a it was just a little inflatable wall. Yeah. So I think we both could do that. I think that that is more you though than me right now because you just rode like twelve miles on your bike. So like, you know. I haven't ridden a bike since last summer. I'm going to say <laughs> that you probably have a little bit better endurance than I do right now. Why? Well, I, I don't think, I mean, you'll see this when you watch the show. This is in the first episode. I don't think it required a whole lot of endurance. Oh, it was okay. just kind of like you had to run up it. All right. Yeah. Either of us could do that. Yeah. And then second challenge was one of them rode an elephant across like a big, not a big body of water, kind of like a bay okay. type thing. And the elephant was splashing them and stuff, but they had to ride an elephant and then collect a clue on the other side of the bay. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. Do you like animals? I Are you love a big animals. animal person? Yeah, we both love animals. Yeah. I I think that one is one that either of us could do. I don't think it would. I think I would like want to do skill. that. Okay, I got a task that I think I would probably do. Okay. This is in the fourth episode. They had to ride like a moped. It was like a, it was sort of like a, a hybrid of a bike and a scooter, like a motorbike type thing. Okay. They had to basically pass a driving test. And <laughs> I ride, I'd ride a motor scooter. So I think that would be me. All right. You can take it. I mean, I, yeah, that's all you. <laughs> that's all you. Yeah. I, I think we're on to something here. I think we do pretty well. Absolutely. I've crashed a dirt bike before. I don't think that I am meant to be the one controlling two-wheeled <laughs> vehicles outside of just a regular bicycle. So that's on you. <laughs> All right. There we go. Okay. That's well, roadblocks for you. Yeah, we figured it out. Okay. So here's how I'm going to transition to the next topic. Um, and I don't want to spend too much time on the challenge because I don't think... I mean, there are a lot... There's not a lot. got a big... Big cult following, but I don't know how many people listen to the podcast have watched it. But what I was going to say is that The Amazing Race, the way they've constructed the season, is a little reminiscent of what the challenge is doing recently in terms of pulling a lot of people from other reality shows, which I think is a great marketing strategy. And that's one thing that I'm like most interested in with the challenge is seeing some of these people from Big Brother and they might get someone from Survivor soon. They had Chase from The Bachelorette from JoJo season. Mm-hmm. I like seeing all those kind of people. And also, they're not as like typically as much of the drama type people. So I like I like that. Um, and The Amazing Race kind of took a page from the Challenges book here with pulling people from the other CBS shows. Now, it's a little different because MTV, it's like they, it's great for them because they're getting people from major networks. Um, whereas CBS, they're all from CBS, but it's the same kind of idea. Yeah, I agree completely. So for about 10 years, the only people who could compete on the challenge were those who were on the show The Real World and were athletic. So if you were on The Real World and you were athletic, then you were allowed to go be on the challenge. Well, then, so for about 10 years, I mean, even still after all these years, there are still, you know, OGs from the first couple of seasons who are still competing, but... They would be rolling over the same competitors every year, every year, which I mean, that's part of the part of the challenge that I love because, 
you, you grow to love these competitors and it is fun to continue to watch them compete every season. But it got to the point where the real world ended and they really didn't have any other show that like the real world that they could pull characters from to compete on this show. That's physically challenging. And there is so much drama involved. Um, so I agree. They, they had no other choice if they wanted to continue the show. They had to broaden their spectrum a little bit and start pulling people from other shows. And now even this season, other countries, which turned out to be yeah. incredible. I think it's fun. It's just it brings new faces to reality TV. Also, like you're saying, it gives you a bigger pool of people to select from. And I think TJ, the host, yes. for those who have not seen the challenge, TJ keeps talking about this was the most grueling final that they've ever done and now i've seen about two i think i've seen two seasons of the challenge now and the first one was from 2010 it was cutthroat yeah and i was like wow i could do this like this this isn't that hard like look there was some stuff on there that was pretty grueling no doubt but then i watched this season i'm like they have a bigger pool of people to choose from that's physically fit so they can they have that option to really crank up the difficulty on this stuff and i'm like there's no way i could do the stuff they did on this past season i agree completely absolutely i'm always one who's like oh i could do this i could do this i can't believe they lost this challenge like i totally would have won that challenge this season there was at least seven different challenges and especially the final where i had zero confidence in myself and i knew that there was absolutely no way that i'd be (laughs) able to do that so it's honestly very very impressive that these people are able to do what they're doing on the challenge because they are not they are not on tv as like you know physical competitors they're coming from like dating shows and you know shows like the real world and x on the beach and you know it's the bachelorette things like that And then you see them compete, and it's impressive because they're just average Joes like us, kind of. I mean, obviously, they work out, whatnot, and train, but not like Olympians, not like, you know, professionals. Were you satisfied with the ending of the season? Absolutely. 180%. So, at first, I was like Team USA the whole time. I'm pulling from anyone from USA because they had, you know, CT and Johnny Bananas and Wes are three of my favorite you know, OGs ever. CT and and Johnny Bananas get sent home immediately. (laughs) I'm like, what the heck? So my focus had to change on who I was rooting for. And Turbo was just the most lovable, hardworking, (laughs) genuine, like respectful, structured man that I was pulling for him. And when you watched how much he suffered in the final, he was crying. He was cramping up 50 miles through a desert. Are you kidding me? It was so, so impressive. And I almost got emotional when he won, you know? Like, he was crying. He was so excited. He said that in his country, the the, $750,000 in his country makes him, like, a multimillionaire. So I'm happy for him. I felt like the one thing we talked about editing, I'm still trying to figure out how the challenge edits the show because... It really felt like to me they were telling Wes's story. And now I don't know if Wes has won a challenge before, but it felt like there was so much around Wes. And maybe that's just normally how it is because he's such a great narrator and he's so good in the confessionals. I was pulling for him. He's one of the best to ever play the game. That's why they tell his story because he, 
he's a veteran. He's been here since the beginning of the show. He hasn't, he has won a couple, but hasn't won as much as he should. But in terms of the mental aspect, the manipulation, the alliances, he's the best to do it. Yeah. And so I was, I was like a little surprised that he didn't win to tell you the truth. Cause I, I thought like we, we got so much of his story. It felt like that would be, I felt like we were supposed to root for him and Look, I, I understand. I'm not saying that it was better or worse when he that he didn't win because I don't think the winner defines a reality season. Mm-hmm. I think, in fact, like we're, we'll talk about Survivor in a second. I think a lot of the times when the front runner type character or the, the fan favorite character on Survivor gets voted out at like final four or final three, I think that ends up being much more exciting because it's more emotional. So anyway, that that was just my one thought. I thought the final was awesome. To tell you the truth, um, I was not super drawn to some of the challenges earlier in the season. Like I could tell they were very grueling, but they weren't super entertaining to me. Whereas I was watching a little bit of free agents a couple months ago, and I was I thought those challenges were more exciting, more interesting. Um, they were just more I dangerous. Thought, they were yeah. so much more dangerous. And the people yeah. who were doing the challenges, like they were crazy that they were actually doing it. So it was like that fear factor that you would, like, you know, that was in place during each episode that kept you on edge. And that, that kind of fear factor is gone now because people are just so easy to throw in the towel and just say, I'm not doing this. Yeah, that's an interesting point. So I, I thought the ending was really, really good. I love the final. Um, overall, I mean, I was definitely interested. It, the show kept me around. So if I, I'm not talking bad about the challenge in any way. It's just not, I don't, I guess I'm more, I like these bigger network shows a little more. Yeah. But You know yeah. what? I think if I didn't start watching the show when I was like eight or nine years old, it would be a different story. But I'm in so deep right now. I, I won't miss it. I won't miss it. Every every season, every year, I don't miss it. That's my show. So I'm always going to be Team Challenge. But since I told you about it, you gave it a chance and you started watching yeah. it. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I would say is it does feel much bigger budget from that earlier season that I watched in Cutthroat in terms of like they definitely are investing a lot more money in terms of the camera angles and the prize money is bigger. Like it just feels much bigger now. So I do think in that aspect, like obviously they don't have the same kind of money and the same resources that the bigger networks do, but it seems like they've gone all in on the challenge in recent years, which is cool. I agree completely. All right, let's talk about survivor. Let's go. All right, so this was the first Survivor season that you had watched in how long? Um, probably like eight years, I'd say. <laughs> and what did you think overall? So it's a little bit different. This season, I don't know if this is the first season that they did that. Yeah, um, Edge of Extinction. With the Edge of Extinction, which I kind of like. It had a little bit of like yeah. a castaway feel to it, and these people were like... yeah. Truly tested. And I did like that. Um, I'm happy that I gave it another chance. When I watch, like, the competitions, you know, when I'm watching Survivor on, like, a Wednesday and then the challenge on a Thursday and I'm thinking about, like, the, the, the competitions that they're doing, <laughs> like, the the 
the difficulty level between the two are much different, but these people are also stranded on an island and, like, malnourished, and it's a completely different story, so I respect it, but I still think that old Survivor was better than new Survivor. I'm not as oh, invested completely. in these characters. Like, I still remember Rupert from when I was, like, in, what, yeah. middle school, elementary school? He stuck with me, and I don't think I really have anyone from this season that I'm like, oh, wow, you're... Really good. You're going to be known as one of the survivor veterans. Like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a little weak, but it was still entertaining. I agree. I'm with you. The, we're on the same page entirely about this season, which is which is interesting because, you know, we, we definitely disagree sometimes. Yeah. What I will say, I think the Edge of Extinction stuff was the best stuff this whole season. I agree. Like, if we look I can. I'm gonna hear everything about it goes against old school Survivor, but so does like hidden immunity idols. Like yeah. this is so much of the show is different these days, and in a lot of ways, it's not for the better. What I liked about the Edge is it brought it did harken back to some of the early days of Survivor, where it talked about it showed these people how crushed they were after their dreams were crushed, and someone had blindsided them and. What I really don't like is how the show has tried to take out a lot of the emotional aspect of the show yeah, and try to make it this game show. Yeah. So the Edge stuff, I thought the first few episodes, I was like drawn to everything with Edge. And then in the middle, they started to abandon it. And we like there were episodes where we just didn't even see our winner in them. It was so weird. Yeah. But I thought I thought the ending was very exciting and really fun. I agree completely. I don't think it's like a typical survivor move. It was very risky, but clearly worth it. Yeah. And like, I feel like this season would have been better. They could have done like an hour and a half episodes where we see like half hour of the edge. Yeah, I agree. It was very limited. Yeah. And I thought a lot of our best characters were on the edge. We had Reem. Stick around. She was great. Oh, my God. She was something else. I hated her in the first episode. <laughs> she grew on me. Dude, like, <laughs> you're so lame right now. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> I've been here since day one. I don't want to hear dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a controversial ending with Chris winning. And again, I think it's funny that this is what prompted a lot of Survivor fans to be like, this is outrageous. This is not the same show. So-and-so played a better game. And it's like the all the hidden immunity idols didn't get you thinking that before. Because at its core, Survivor... I'm going to rant a little bit mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Survivor is a social game. That's how the game works. It's not about... Who can make the biggest showing in front of everyone at tribal council or who can do the flashiest stuff in front of the cameras? At the end of the day, all you got to do is just get to the end and get people to vote for you. That's mm-hmm. it. There's no like certain way that you have to play the game in order to earn the vote. However, you can convince the jury to win. That's how you do it. So like I got annoyed and look, Rick Devins, I'm sure we would be friends with him if we knew him in real life because we probably would have been in the same comm department in college. <laughs> like he would have worked with you at VU TV. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a good guy. But look, 
he kept saying and talking about like I played this great game and I had to outwork everyone. I had to just find these idols. And there's a point where I know you haven't seen all of the finale yet, but in the finale, so the final three is Chris, Gavin, and Julie. Pretty forgettable final three. Exactly. (laughs) But he says, Rick says on the jury, he says to um, Gavin, he's like, what did you do? Like, what did you, I had to outwork everyone and find all these idols. What did you do? And Gavin's just like, dude, I didn't have to find idols because I was never on the bottom. Like, exactly. I, no one voted for me the entire season. So like, how is being on the bottom, finding like a magic stick in the woods and then playing it and get it wanting, like ticking people off, making them want to vote you out. How is that a good game? Those are good thoughts. I agree with you completely. I think that Chris did play a good social game and it worked out in his benefit in the end. And I think that the way that he won it all by giving up his immunity and going and competing to earn his right to be in the top three spoke a lot for his character and how he competes. And I was satisfied with the ending, despite how unsatisfied I was with the season as a whole. (laughs) Yeah, the middle of the season. Okay, so so weird. Snoozer. We got... We had these four returning players, and there are a few of them that a lot of people are like, why are we seeing them again? Like, I don't, I thought David, um, I thought he was the most compelling of the returning players. The other three, I was never, like, attached to. Um, What'd you think of them? I did like Wentworth. Okay. I know that that's probably a hot take. Not really. She's popular. I did like Wentworth. Yeah, I thought that she was a good, strong competitor, and I... I understand why they needed to get her out because she was strong. Um, the young guy, what was his name again with the long hair? Joe. Joe. I liked Joe a lot too. I thought he was a strong competitor as well. Yeah. Um, but He's then a big again, hit it's with not the like, ladies. I never saw him. He was handsome. I never saw <laughs> him, you know, in the, the previous seasons where like you knew, like grew to know to love them and everything because it's been a while since. So I like, for me, they were all the same. Like, I didn't know who these people were. They were all kind of just strangers. And Wentworth and Joe were, like, two of my favorites, to be honest, of the season. Yeah, and it. I think part of the problem was that they, the season, they spent so much time on these four returning players who didn't even get to, like, the final eight. Exactly. So then we get to the final eight, and we know nothing about these people because they haven't been developed. And I do think some of them were interesting like i saw eric who was one of the people who you probably don't remember nope yeah nope. um <laughs> anyway he he was on they're showing him at ponderosa which is where they put everyone after they get like once they all got eliminated and went to the jury after the challenge where chris won his way back in he was hilarious in it. And I'm like, <laughs> why don't they show these people? I think the show has gotten kind of formulaic in the sense of like, all right, you get there. Now we're going to show someone wandering in the woods looking for a magic stick. And then they're going to compete in a reward challenge. And then they're going to talk about who they want to vote out. And they're going to have an immunity <laughs> challenge. And then they're going to like talk again Pretty about basic. who they want to vote out. Yep. And and then they're going to have like a long tribal council. Whereas the earlier days, there was so much more to the show than just the, the game. And yep. we got to develop characters 
someone described it as when we look at the Hunger Games, we're not interested in the weapons that Katniss uses. We're interested in Katniss. I agree. Completely. But I there's just I agree that there was too much focus on like the stupid little things of this season instead of it's just hard to even compare it to the old seasons. Yeah. Kind of like SNL. It's just like a lot different now yeah. and kind of soft, but I'm right there with you. I agree with you. So I thought this ending, though, was like, not only was it, I thought it was great TV, because if Rick Devins had just gone in and we all knew he won, that that would have been boring. We would have forgotten yep. this. This is something we're going to remember. I thought that, like, the stuff you like about the challenge was really captured in that fire making challenge and Chris's decision. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I agree completely. That's like what the challenge stands for. Like you, you have to earn your right to be there. And if you're going to compete, you compete against your opponents that your enemy, like you compete against someone you have beef with. And that's what Chris did. He competed to earn his right to be there and he won. Yeah, it was really cool. And the way it was edited, the way it was shown, it was awesome. So I was, I really liked the finale. And the other fact of it, like, it was kind of hilarious, too. Like, it was sort of a train wreck. The fact that, like, the way they they set up these twists, because they want to seem to help guys like Rick Devins, who becomes, like, the production favorite. And it mm-hmm. ends up shooting him down as a result. And we get a winner that was, like, the third boot that we didn't spend any time on. He just shows up. He wins. And look, I like Chris. I really like Chris. I think he'd be someone I'd be friends with in real life. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was hilarious the way that it transpired. We're just like, what the heck? This guy just won. <laughs> he just walks in and wins. Oh, yeah. Because it would never happen in any other season. When you go home, you go home. But this season just proved that it was unlike any other. And I was happy with it because I wasn't really a fan of Devin's. Who's an example of someone from another reality show that we like? Let's say The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, who is someone like notorious for instance like last season of the bachelorette or the bachelor there's got to be someone that we were like wow we never heard that guy talk at all huh hannah g last season (laughs) so it'd be like if hannah g won yeah exactly So, Which I wouldn't have minded. I mean, I obviously, well, I obviously it was Team Cassie the whole time, but I wouldn't have minded it. But yeah, I agree completely. That was a great comparison. Yeah. So I, I thought it was, I ended up enjoying it, even though the season was pretty dull in the middle. Before we go, Rachel, I have to tell you about the next season of Survivor. Actually, the next two seasons. I'm not, there's no reason to tell you about the next one. Two seasons from now, did you hear about the big twist for the season? No. It is Survivor All Winners. What? Everybody who's going to be on it has won Survivor before. I love it. This is going to be, this is already the most hyped up season that we've had in like 10 years. About time. Yeah. About time they did something like this. Let's go. They're (laughs) running out of ideas. I love it. Let's do it. I'm not the biggest fan of big returning player seasons because what ends up happening a lot of the time is 
the people who have won the game who are on the show with people who have not won the game, they're like, let's take out the winners because they've already won. So, like, there's an unequal target on people's backs. But this season, everybody's got the same target. Yep. They've all won. I love it. Boston Rob will be there. Boston Rob. (laughs) Sandra. Wow. Tyson. Do Do you remember Tyson? Tyson. So that's they're out there right now. It has begun. I believe it started two days ago. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, they're shooting it right now. We won't see it until February of next year. But be prepared because there are going to be spoilers everywhere. So try to avoid those. But that's going to be one. (laughs) The anticipation is already starting to build. (laughs) Yeah. So that's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Well, I think you knocked it out of the park today, Rachel. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I always have a good time coming on here and chit-chatting with you. So I always appreciate when you ask me to come and talk with you. And it's it's always a pleasure. Did we miss anything that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think we, we covered the board. Are you excited that the Jonas Brothers are back? Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I love the Jonas Brothers. I mean, it's not like I'm a huge Jonas Brothers girl. It's not, I was yeah. like their biggest fan growing up. But yeah, I'm jamming to Cool and Sucker for You every day. <laughs> I've not heard those, but what? I figured, well, I'm not. I'm not some Jonas Brothers fan. I mean, I, I, my sister was huge on them, so I listened to a lot. Like I've heard a lot of their old stuff. Oh my I, goodness! I watch Disney Channel, but. uh yeah (laughs) yeah they're back baby and i'm excited about it you know what's funny is i was like when one direction was a big thing i was i did not like them at all um i mean i am a male so i'm not into these boy bands me either i don't like one direction one direction was a big thing and i'm like goodness i just wish it was the jonas brothers that these women were i miss the jonas brothers i'd much rather listen to them than one direction oh yeah well thank god they broke up yeah thank goodness they plagiarized (laughs) a lot of songs that's a subject for another day and i'm getting people mad at me right now (laughs) another time another time so do you want to guess who's going to be on the podcast next week it's one of our friends from valpo it's not jordan Uh um Scoon? Oh, I need to get Scoon on here. That'd be great. <laughs> Scoon? I don't know. It's yeah, uh, know he was on Ninja Warrior. Oh, Parker. Yeah. Parkour. Yeah, Parker Gatewood, the most downloaded episode in Press On Sports history because everyone loves Parker. He will be joining me next week. We will be talking a lot of basketball, most likely. And maybe I'll ask him a little bit about Ninja because... He is probably getting pumped up for that. So, <laughs> Absolutely. And my competitive nature is already starting to boil inside <laughs> me, knowing that he has the most downloaded episodes. So <laughs> next time you have me on, just know I'm going to have some material. Oh, well, if I, I got to do a couple bits, I will. I'm coming for you, Parker. I think you just got to market it. I mean, Parker, Parker marketed the crap out of it. Yeah. So social media, put it wherever. We're, Marketing we're, man. We're growing this thing. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rachel. This was a lot of fun. Lastly, do you have anything you want to promote on here? 
Just have to ask. Um, yeah, I do want to promote something that is not my social media. I want to promote a enjoyable and safe Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> if anyone goes to the Indy 500, oh. stay hydrated Are you this going? weekend. I... I'm waiting up until the last minute here. I'm I'm play, I'm gambling with the weather. If the weather holds out and doesn't rain, I'm of course gonna go. I went last year. It's an absolute ball. So stay safe, everyone. And Cubs are gonna win the World Series. <laughs> Over and out. We'll we'll talk Cubs soon. You'll be back. We'll talk some Cubs. We'll talk some Bachelorette. It'll be fun. I also am gonna have to join you one of these years for the Indy 500. I obviously can't make it this year with my recovery and everything, but I've always wanted to go. So maybe I'll uh, meet up with you and Jordan in Indy because he lives in Indy now. Maybe we could do that next it year. Is, it is the most Indiana event that this state has. It is the biggest representation of Indiana and its people, just thousands and thousands and thousands of people embracing their rednecks, waving their checkered flags. <laughs> And, and we're cheering on some fast cars. It is literally a, a ball. So if you ever do go, you should let me know. I definitely would join you. I think everybody should check it out at least one time. It's seriously just, it's like a bucket list thing to do. <laughs> yeah, that, w- that would be awesome. So we'll have to make that happen. Um, only thing that c- holds a candle to the Indy 500 is the Little 500. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which one of my buddies competed in, so I watched it this year. I didn't go out there, but that's a pretty cool tradition as well. So It is. It is. Indiana represents athletics well. Indiana is an underrated state. I love Indiana. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. We'll have to do this again soon. Always appreciate your time and having a friend who watches all these crazy shows with me (laughs) ditto my friend ditto so that does it for my conversation with rachel gerhardt had a great time talking everything from reality tv to saturday night live lots of fun great that it's starting to look like summer outside here in the midwest i am very much enjoying that If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more from this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to Press On Sports on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use to get your podcast. We have a YouTube channel. We're out on Podbean and we've got Spotify. So go ahead, follow along wherever you can. You will never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter at TheJackVita and you will never miss out on an episode I'd love it if you would tweet me your thoughts on what we talked about today, what reality shows you are enjoying right now. If there's anything I should be checking out, let me know. Go ahead and hit me up on Twitter. I love to interact with folks on there. So start a conversation. Go ahead and do that. Lastly, if you would like to, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes. If you are able to leave us a five-star review and a nice thought or two, uh, that will really help this podcast grow. More people will be able to hear it. It will boost the Apple search engine, and this podcast will grow, which is great. So once again, I want to thank you all for listening. 
We will be back next week. I will be here with Parker Gatewood talking NBA. Should be a lot of fun. Until next time, bring in the Dancing Lobsters.